All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Welcome to part two of our 50th episode. Coming up later in the broadcast, Chris Sinzik will interview Gary, Ferk, and myself about some of our favorite podcast moments and shows. Uh, joining us on the phone right now is Hans Paulson. Hans, you're on the phone to tell us about the Chicago Kiss Expo for 2011. What can you tell us about it? It's going to be October 9th, and it's going to be in uh, downtown Chicago at the uh, Best Western Chicago Hillside, which is where they used to do it years ago. It's from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Special guests are Kiss Online, Eddie Blandez, the voice on Kiss Alive 2, and he's done security for Kiss way back in the day, and he's got a lot of great stories. Anybody who knows him knows it. He likes to talk about it, so he's a great guest. We've got the Christopher Franchi, who did the, the really nice pop art um, designs that was on all the merchandise there for a while. And then uh, we've got the Gene Simmons X tour bus is going to be there, and the guy that actually drives the bus, I think, is going to be giving tours of the bus. Yeah, which is kind of neat. It'll be cool to see the inside of that bus. And then we've got uh, a couple of, of fans, Kevin Munt and Amanda Baldwin. They go to Son of Simmons and Lady Space. They're going to have a table at the Expo raising money for cancer, the Pink Lotus Press Center. Okay, Shannon Tweed is uh, donating items, and I'm not sure if they're going to raffle them off or auction them or what, but there's going to be um, signed family jewel banners, signed kiss pics and posters and a few other things, I guess. And they're going to also be taking pictures of fans. Mm-hmm. So, and, then the, oh, and then we've got the tribute band, of course. The uh, Dress to Kill show is what they're called, and they're on MySpace under DTKS Rocks, and they, they're a local Chicago band, and they, they, they look pretty good. James Frangella is the uh, promoter. We've done expos together before. We actually did the 2006 expo together, and I've done the Myrtle Beach Expo before, where I think uh, some of you guys were there for that, the interview mm-hmm. Bruce at the coffee house. You know, there aren't, there aren't a whole lot of expos. I'm near the Minneapolis area, and there's not a whole lot of expos near me. I think Indianapolis the closest one, and that's an 11-hour drive for me. To have one in Chicago, which is about five hours away, is a lot is nice. So I, I, I was glad to help them. What are you looking for the most out of this expo? You know, Chicago's a big city, and I know there's a lot of kids fans. And what makes an expo fun is when you get a lot of people showing up with their kids and dressed up, and you know, you hear the music in the background, and everybody has a good time. I, I, I just hope that there's a really good turnout of, of, of people. I mean, and kids are free. Please tell uh, Eddie and Lady Space and Senna Simmons uh, all hello for us. And uh, we would like to have Chris Franchi on the show sometime. And uh, hopefully somebody will record something for us there. And we can look forward to that in a future podcast. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of audio in the hotel bar afterwards with Eddie Blandis. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we love Eddie and... Uh, that there's nothing more to be said. He's a big friend of the podcast. So uh, you guys all have a great right. time and uh, keep the KISS spirit alive. Thank you, Ken. Uh, well, before we go, you want to plug your website? I, I could plug them all, you know, as far as that goes. I can tell you. All right. Well, we got 32 vendor tables. They're all sold out already. The vendors that are going to be there is KISSforsale.com, which I represent, KISSarmywarehouse.com, KISS Museum, KISS Asylum, and uh, Phil Elliott from Creatures of the South from way back when is also going to be there. So that's... Uh, going to be a full day with a lot of merch and should be fun. Well, you guys have a great time. Thanks a lot, Ken. 
Okay, well, this this is the 50th episode of Podkist, and I'm a different voice that you are used to. I'm Chris Senzak. I'm the host of the Decibel Geek Podcast, and you're not listening to the wrong show. Uh, I'm going to interview Ken, Gary, and Ferk here for their newest episode of Podkist, probably thinking, who the hell am I? I'm just mainly a fan of the show, and these guys were nice enough to ask me to interview them, and getting all, f- all three of them on the line uh, has not been an easy task. Hello, guys. How are you? Hi. What's up? Hello. It, now, when you introduced us, did you do that by best looking or from oldest to youngest? I actually did it by the uh, little Skype pictures on the screen. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I was the first, could have been best looking. Well, Ken's got to be the best looking because the other two of you just look like question marks on my screen. There it's mystery. It's, it's the mystery. <laughs> I'm one sexy, virile son of a bitch. I'm honored you guys asked me to do it. I, I love your show. Thanks. You'll know from the questions. I've listened to pretty much every. From I'm not 100% certain I've heard all the podcasts. Oh, really? I'm not 100% certain I've heard all the podcasts that I'm on. Yeah, he's he's done them and, and didn't even realize it. <laughs> and and the, one about, the one about the elder, James just threw it out the window of his car. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't rock and roll, Curly. It wasn't yeah, he smashed roll. it up against the wall. He smashed and the it. CD against the wall. I which took I the CD and I smashed it against the wall. And then we asked That's him. That's when I knew it was over. I remember we were on the plane. And we asked him to stay, and later he said if we just would have asked. And you said I was there, I asked you.
All right, well, let's go ahead and get on with it. This is going to be a good little overview of the uh, podcast story, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the show, so I, you guys are, I'm going to do all the obscure questions, and I'm sure the, the biggest diehard fans of the show are going to like some of these questions. Let's go ahead and start out with, well, who, who came up with the idea for this show initially? I think I did, and, I, and, and not because it was an original idea, but because I, I started listening to a podcast uh, for a completely different franchise, my Kiss is my first love musically, um, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And, uh, no! I almost, yeah, 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 yeah. I almost said <laughs> Star Wars geek, but, you know, whatever. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and uh, there's a great, there's actually a few great Star Wars podcasts, but uh, there's one called The Force Cast, and they really, you know, they've got it right. You know, they, they really know what they're doing. They, they get a lot of great guests and good interviews, and they don't, their motto is no fan left behind. And I think that that's very cool. They, they, you know, they have um, staff all over the world, and they, if there's an, a Star Wars event in Europe, they cover it. If there's something in Japan, they're there. And uh, I thought, you know, Kiss, the Kiss Army is huge, and we, you know, we need something kind of like that at least. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. And you, and you started it up with James, correct? Right, right. You know, James is someone that I knew from the message boards for a while and, you know, just kind of saw eye to eye with in terms of not necessarily agreeing about everything that KISS does, like liking or disliking the same things, but just uh, sharing a point of view about, you know, the idea of what it means to be a KISS fan. I don't know, is that fair to say? Yeah, we we can't forget when we talk about the the early days of the podcast. We have to give a lot of credit to um, our friend Tony Gam. His Agreed. website at the time, um, mykisslife.net, which uh, he's no longer a part of. Tony took our idea and basically financed it and gave us a place to put it and really really helped us a lot in the early days to get our message and our podcast out to the world. And I can't express enough gratitude for that. His site now, uh, I work on it with him, uh, zombiefaq.com. He, he does great things there. Um, Tony was an invaluable, invaluable part of the podcast in the early days. This is Mr. Speed, and you're listening to Podcast. Well, one thing that a lot of people are wondering, and I don't know if you guys are going to give up the goods or not, but who's the woman's voice on the, uh, the theme music? And also, why did you pick Love Theme from Kiss for your theme song? Uh, the woman... Uh, refuses to be identified. Josephine Kiss Sr. Right, Josephine Kiss Sr. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> she does have a great voice, though. She does have a great voice, though. And um, love theme, I, James. I guess we wanted something instrumental for the beginning and end, right? Absolutely. We, there, Kiss has two main instrumentals, you know, that people identify with them being love theme and then Escape from the Island. So we kind of wanted the, the love theme kind of goes with the, the female voice at the beginning, kind of, you know, slow and, and sexy. And at the end, you know, you have Escape from the Island, you know, which takes us out. It's a, it's an escape from the show. It's actually oh. my grandmother. Really? We're, we're going to come clean. The story's out. Are we on? That- Are we on? <laughs> Cut her out. <laughs> One of the other cool things that, that happened early on, you know, when Tony was hosting the show on, on mykisslife.net is that he set us up with Ken. Ken was another member of the board. He's a graphic artist uh, by trade, right? Yes. And, and came up with all the, like the logo, well, 
uh, Ace came up with the logo, Paul refined it. And then, and then I then, refined it again. And we're um, still refining it. No, but all the, all those, like, all the artwork that you see when you download the show and the website and everything, uh, is Ken's artwork. And then little by little, I mean, Ken, you, you, you know, you came with ideas about interviews and things and, and then there were three. It's hard to just say how important Ken's artwork was because, you know, particularly in the early shows, the sound wasn't always the best. And we were refining everything about the show, but the artwork made us look so much better than we sounded at times. And it really, I think, drew people in. The, uh, the artwork was just very, very, very important to the early stages of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I love Ken's artwork on the on the site. Um, but I'd, I also have to ask though, since Ken wasn't an an original um, host of the show, does that make Ken a scab with no integrity? Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely, right. Which is our favorite <laughs> word on the show, I think. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Ken Ken taught me how to play all of my parts. Yeah, oh, really. <laughs> I'm still doing that. I want to bring up a couple of James centric things here. Um. I, I went back and listened to some of the older episodes in preparation for this. James, one of my favorite things you ever said on the show was in episode five, you guys were talking about the Phantom of the Park, uh, the background music on the original uh-huh. version. And, uh, and, and James mentioned that uh, his grandfather was in the next room and thought he was watching 70s porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Um, a very strange true story, but a true story nonetheless. Uh, the, the, the music in that movie is very... Um, I wouldn't say sensual, but I'll say... Uh, <laughs> it sounds like 70s porn music. Yeah, that's all you well, Wait, wait a second. It, it sounds like 70s porn music or 70s chips music or 70s Scooby-Doo running away from music. It just sounds it's all like... all music, yeah. Yeah. And also in episode five, you guys did the uh, the uh, call to Abner Devereaux, which I thought was hilarious. And uh, oh. where you ask, uh, where Gary, I think Gary asked, uh, what do you think of uh, Peter Chris's One for All album? And, and the uh, the line comes over the beginning to concern me a little. That movie is just so quote worthy, you know, and uh, I can't think of too many other movies that that I, you know, that I can just sort of pull quotes from like that. What a wonderful movie. Yeah, that, that was a good episode. Um, and in regards to James, um, James, you uh, you got to experience your first Kiss show at the Nashville show on the. Oh, I, I don't want to say Sonic Boom tour. I guess it was the what tour was it at the Rock? What was what was the name? Alive Thirty Five. Um, and I was at that show too. I brought my stepson. It was my uh, seventh time seeing the band. And uh, I just want to let you know, I thought that was that was an awesome recreation that you guys put together with where you would play clips from the show. And it actually hit me personally because James, you had mentioned about your your father passing away and how um you know kiss had gotten you through it and stuff and it was just kind of a weird irony because i lost my dad in 97 he dropped dead of a heart attack at 50 and um i had already had my kiss tickets and the kiss show was about four days after he died and before the funeral and uh i i did debate you know not going to the show and then it hit me and i was like you know he would have wanted me to go to have some joy in all this I, I got to say that 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 show and the band uh, got me through it. So uh, it was kind of a it was kind of a, an interesting flashback to a time where Kiss actually got me through some rough stuff. Just want to tip my hat to you and tell you that I uh, I definitely felt you on that. Thank you for that. My dad he passed away. He was 44 years old. It, it was difficult. I was actually my first show was supposed to be on the, the farewell tour, but um, I was actually supposed to also see them in Louisville on the um, I guess it was the World Domination tour with Aerosmith. And my dad had just went into the hospital with cancer, and I didn't get to go to that one either. And um, it was very difficult, but, you know, rock and roll can get you through a lot of things. It's uh, it's crazy how it can work that way. But that show, um, I, I wasn't aware. I, I, actually, I think I did know that you were there. Um, I would think you knew probably was, after the fact, yeah. 
yeah, it was a great show. Um, a very emotional moment for me. Um, sure. It's so so long I had waited. Um, Eleven years at that point I had waited to see them. And um, one of my favorite shows just because, you know, it just meant a lot to me. So thank yeah. you for that. Oh, no problem. Can I, add some, can I just add something there? I, I just want to, like, say something about that, which is that, you know, I've been to 21 KISS concerts. I, I consider myself 21 times very lucky. And I, I've been with all kinds of different people and, like, you know, like various friends and girlfriends throughout my life and everything. I brought my wife to her first KISS concert and all that stuff. i, I got to say that the idea, Chris, of you being at that concert, you know, sort of situated between your father's passing and his funeral, you know, that kind of moves me because I feel like even if there's, you know, 20,000 other people there, there's something about being a KISS concert, at a KISS concert when you are a KISS fan where there's moments where it is really just like you and the band. And that's it. Really? I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. No, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, I don't, and it's not any particular moments, and it's not any particular reasons. And it, sometimes it, for me, it's, it's very random. I, I've had times where it's like I Love It Loud is, is being played or, like, you know, more obvious stuff like Beth or, or Black Diamond. I don't know, just something about being as invested as we are in, in the history of this band and everything. There's just these moments where it's like, bam. I'm, I'm, all these other people disappear, and it's just, you know, a very direct, uh, moving thing. Yeah, definitely. It was um, very emotional for me the first time and the second time I saw Kiss. I saw them also on this, uh, was it the, what was it called, the Hottest Show on Earth tour or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, the first time I went, my mother was a huge Kiss fan when she was a kid, and she had never got to see them either. So she had waited 30-some-odd years to see the band, and I had waited 11, and she was as excited as I was. And then That's awesome. the second time to take to take my three best friends in the world with me. They were fans, but not fans like I was a fan. It, it was incredible. It was awesome to get to take them and for them to see why I'm a fan, and then for them to look at me afterwards and be like, you know what, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a great moment. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, on some more uh, on a more uplifting note, um, one of the most creative episodes I think you guys did was uh, the twelfth episode where you did the Christmas special. With uh, Mark St. John, Mark St. John's glove and the Wiggy character and uh, the uh, what do you mean lo- character? I don't like what you're implying. Here, yeah, Wiggy's you know? very real. He's, He's still real. among us. Well, right. I talked to him the other day. And we had, had the, we had lunch the other day. No rumors, please. Though we're both happy with where our lives are. At the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a reunion. <laughs> yeah. And they had the, the lost souls of the uh, Kiss Army zombies. Uh, like, maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, change the set list. And <laughs> And, uh, That's my favorite episode to this day. That oh, is probably my favorite episode. It was so creative. Um, well, who, who came up with the ideas for that stuff? And also, who voiced Wiggy? It was Gary. My, Gary's my idea. Le- uh, I, I think we've we've tried to do fun stuff for Christmas. Um, we have something planned for this year. If we could um, if we could do it, it'll be cool. If not, we'll do it another year. But uh, my landlord voiced Wiggy. Um, that's just how he talks. He wasn't doing a voice like he he sounds like. Um, I think he sounds like Mel Brooks. Uh, it, yeah. he sounds like a, a an, an actual voice actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, social worker. He's a retired <laughs> social worker. Yeah, the great voice. And he was so cool about it because you know I'm his tenant, and I just came to him. I'm like, listen, I got the most insane request for you. Mm-hmm. But he was really good about it. <laughs> he he did raise my rent, but you know what can I say? It's been worth it. <laughs> Incidentally, watching you have just recorded by Anne Franks. Thank you. Okay, so, 
This is so long stuff. Watching from afar this show, I mean, it's taken off pretty quickly. I mean, you guys have built quite a following. I mean, have you been surprised with how overwhelming the response has been? It happened yeah. really fast. I remember, I think I might have talked about this on an episode of one of the early, early episodes. But um, when I started doing the podcast, I was 20 years old and living in the dorms at Eastern Kentucky University. And I remember a friend of mine coming up to me and saying, People know about you on campus, and I was like, "What?" And someone they were t- in some business class. They were talking about people doing things out of the dorms, and someone brought up that there was a guy in King with Hall a chicken. Did- There's a guy with a chicken. <laughs> oh, that's another story. That's another <laughs> yeah, story. But there was a guy in Keen Hall that did a Kiss podcast, and it was me. And I had no foggy idea that anyone knew that I did that, let alone somebody, you know, right there. It was, it was really weird. Yeah, it is It is cool. And, and I think um, here's where we should also do a shout-out to um, three other people. One is uh, Corey, um, who who's credited, I think, in the second or third or fourth episode, um, because he brought us our first interview with, with uh, someone who was in the band, um, that being Bruce Kulick. And that was, right. like, I don't know, within months of starting the show, 
uh, you know, he I was like, was "Hey, I have this third episode." Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was you know, it was right around when uh, Mark St. John passed away, and and uh-huh. so we sort of made it like a animalized themed show, which James loved. <laughs> but but well, yeah, James loved that. <laughs> but Corey Corey uh, Nolan, I think, de- deserves credit, yeah. and then also um, Mike and Jeff. Who Absolutely. are just awesome contributors and brought us amazing interviews. You know, brought us our inter- the interviews that we have had with current members of the band. You know, which is just mind blowing to think about. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because now that you got you guys have interviewed Bruce, Eric, Tommy, Ace, and Peter. So, do you think it's likely Gene and Paul are eventually going to come on the show? I'm not going to even bother asking about Vinny. <laughs> But, but but seriously, do you think Gene, have you guys reached out to Gene and Paul to get them on? We reach out to everybody. A lot of our interviews, and, and I hope I'm not stepping on a question or anything. A lot of our interviews come from people who worked with the band and uh, will kind of contact us and say, "Hey, you know, so and so would like to to talk," or you know, it, it just kind of happens. Like when we did the uh, Bill O'Coin show. There was just no shortage of people that were wanting to talk about Bill. Yeah, yeah I was I was going to mention that. I, I was going to give you guys props for that because I think that was, that's got to be probably the most in-depth thing ever done on Bill through the media as far as I'm concerned. Wow. I'm really well, glad to hear that. His partner, Roman, reached out to us. We're going to have him on the show. Oh, that'd be great. And uh, he actually contacted me today. Um, he says that he knows... Kiss's first lighting director, wow. and uh, he he well, wants he wants to do the show possibly. The the problem is is he Roman said something to the effect of uh, he he wants to talk while he still remembers things. So, <laughs> oh, <right>. getting old. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny. But uh, Gina Paul, we have we have um, we've reached out to, but like not I mean not more so than just you know every now and then we'd send an email saying like hey the new album's coming out looking you know really excited about it looking forward to it. Let us know if there's anything we can do. I have a great relationship going with their publicist who is always trying to set something up. We email each other all the time. It just never seems to happen. Now, if we were People Magazine or Entertainment Tonight, boom, right there. But, uh, you know, they kind of already have us. We, we, we're already in the demographic that they don't have to work too hard for. Right. Yeah. Right. i got to ask you this. Um, the Ace interview was, I think, that's probably what really launched you guys into a different strata with podcasting. Um how nervous were you going into that interview? Oh, my God. He, here's a Gary's clip. voice went about 15 decibels higher the moment Ace <laughs> called in. Mm-hmm. And I shit my pants, quite literally. Did um, you really? No. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally shit my pants. Did you? No. <laughs> to this day, actually, uh, when people you know when people ask me about the podcast, I will say that the Ace Fraley interview when he said you know you know hey hey Ken hey James hey Gary that is one of the top moments of my life mm-hmm. that was it was phenomenal just ugh. and Very it was nervous. it was weird because we were only supposed to have literally ten minutes with him mm-hmm. yeah. He basically dumped other people because and, – and, and we heard back from Ace's publicist at the time that the reason he stayed with us is because we actually wanted to talk about the album. We didn't want to talk about that band with the white faces. We we didn't ask him so much about that stuff. We asked him questions about him, where he was, and where his music was. And then we asked him the question about what was the song that made him want to play, and it was a Who song. And, and it just – that that interview was a dream come true, and I, please keep in mind, I I have met Ace Fraley probably 
five times now, I think. Uh, he, he sent us some stuff, uh, autographed for the show not too long ago. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. So there's something about having Ace call your house that is just, yeah, that's very strange. And, and when, when it was over, we basically stayed on the line for about 15 minutes to say, oh my God. Oh my God, did that just happen? You know, Gary's like, Jack, yeah. make sure you got that recorded. <laughs> yeah. You don't, uh, you don't hear it on the episode, but when Ace did the tag, the, you know, hey, this is Ace Friday, you're listening to the podcast. Right after he's done, Gary goes, oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> We're going to play that right now. Hi, this is Ace Friday, and you're listening to the podcast. There you go. Another one we'd like you to do. <laughs> That Gary just had a dream of a lifetime come true just now, Ace. Thank um, you, Ace. Okay. Well, um, it was, uh, a- a- it was a- incredible. One of my favorite things that you guys ever did was the uh, the live roundtable on the uh, Sonic Boom release day. And I didn't actually get to listen to it live because I was at work, of course, but I listened to it back, and I just thought it was cool to hear the instant reactions from people. Cause like, I mean, that shows how cool it is with technology these days. You never would have gotten to hear something like that, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, was that a hard thing to set up, or, or how did that go? It actually was very easy to make happen. It was kind of nerve-wracking because, you know, I was running the board, and you actually could see, like, the, the number of callers, and it's like two callers, five callers, 17 callers, 43 callers, 423 callers, and it just it kept just going. And it's like, if we took every caller, we'd be here for the next two weeks, you know, so... That episode was really difficult because for a lot of the early podcasts, if I if I didn't do them in my dorm room, I had to do them where I lived at the time, which was with my mother at home, which is out in BFE. I had no home phone line. I had a cell phone that didn't get reception, so I had to stand literally outside. So if you go back and you listen to that episode, not only do I come in late because I had to work that night, but I had to leave early because it started raining, mm-hmm. and I'm standing in the damn rain. <laughs> Trying to to do a podcast and I had to to think out because I was getting rained on. See, that's commitment right there. Yeah, yeah that's a good fan right there. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you ever want to listen to the miserable nature of what recording that show could be, listen to the Hotter Than Hell show. Um, I don't think we ever talked about it, but it's another <laughs> one of those situations where I literally end up on my front porch because I couldn't get cell phone signal in my house with the microphone sticking out the front door. <laughs> Next to the front porch light, there are bugs flying around my head. You can hear crickets chirping. You actually can hear the bugs. You actually. And I'm trying to talk about what I don't know. Coming home is all about to me, and uh, crickets coming coming home to you is all about crickets. That's all right. The next show we're gonna uh, strap them down on a bed of fire ants. We're gonna talk about crazy nights. It's gonna be fun. It, It might be easier to be honest. Just to go, just to go back for a second to the to the Sonic Boom roundtable, right? So, uh, Ken, you're mentioning how like the numbers were going up and up really quickly as people were calling, which which was awesome. I think you mentioned that when it was happening that night, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, we've got so many people calling. This is this is really exciting. I can't believe that there's this many people who listen to the show. Uh, recently on Facebook, I noticed, you know, I did a comparison between two numbers. One is the number of people who are who like podcasts on Facebook. Which I'm, I'm really happy about. It's, it's still growing. It makes me very proud. The other is, is the number of people who like equally shared parenting. And I, I like equally shared parenting on Facebook. Uh, it's something that my wife and I do. We, we, uh, we work and parent the same number of hours per week. So it's like kind of an experiment. It's very different from how my parents raised me. 
Uh, it's not really traditional, but but it works. But what blows me away is is that um, there are just a few more people on Facebook who who like equally shared parenting than there are who who like a Kiss podcast. All you Kiss fans, uh, go on Facebook and like us, and we'll show those moms and dads. So everyone listening, come and and like us on Facebook, and we are going to kick equally shared parenting's ass. There you go. That's right. Right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Bang, bang, you!
Well, Gary, I also I need to give you a, a, a thank you because you're the only person who's been able to teach me how to pronounce Jogogo Retsudan. Uh, I, God, I don't know if I actually say that right, but um, it sounds right. You might as well yeah. be the voice of the generation, even if it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Every time I've heard it, I'm like, that's as close to sounding right as anyone I've heard. Jogogo Retsudan. There yeah. you go. So, Chris, do you have a favorite episode? Oh man, there's so many, and, um, and I'm not trying to sound too diplomatic there. Um, I don't know. Maybe my, I think my favorite might be the Megan McCracken one you guys did recently. That one um, kind of took a lot of people by surprise. Oh, yeah. it totally took me by because I was thinking, what is this girl going to have to say other than I modeled, you know, for Kiss, and I had no idea about, of her story. So that, I mean, that was one of those things that came out of nowhere that all the diehards didn't even know, you know. So, I, yeah, I, I thought her story was, was awesome, uh, especially all the, the behind-the-scenes stuff of her being in the loft and, um, you know, living with uh, Bill and Sean. And, I, yeah, it was an amazing episode. I, I think you guys really got a gem out of that one. Yeah, and no, a very cool episode. And I was, I was blown away when, when Ken told me that, you know, who he got a hold of. And I am so tempted, i got to tell you, I'm so tempted to get her exercise videos for seniors um, sold out of the hospital where I work. Just on the mm-hmm. sheer cool factor. I mean, A, I'm sure they're good videos, but B, just on, like, I would get such a kick out of every time some, you know, 65-year-old buys one of those DVDs, just chuckling knowing who's on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the naked dominatrix from Kiss book. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not only that, Bill O'Coin uh, directed the first one. Yeah, yeah. This is Mick Campisi, member of the original Kiss Road crew. Welcome you to Pod Kiss. A couple of questions you may you guys may end up wanting to cut. I don't know because these can, may come off a bit abrasive. First Nine off, inches. <laughs> combined, right? Um, did you? Well, my I kind of cracked up uh, at the uh, Louis Antonelli episode. Okay. Because I like One Live Kiss, but didn't it kind of seem like Louis really liked One Live Kiss? It was almost like he was describing a Scorsese film, and he. I mean, he um, I, if there's a point of being enthusiastic to a fault, I think that's what it came off to me. Let me uh, tell you he about Lou. He wasn't afraid to use them. That's oh, yeah. Lou yeah. is a real sweet guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back. He he was real thrilled and excited, and, and he's uh, he said, please edit as much as you can. And the problem is, is like, he would have these sentences that would go on for like five minutes, and it's like, well, I don't even remember where we started. How can I edit it? You know what I mean? And I was listening to it, I was like, man, this guy really loves this project. <laughs> like, but, but he did, and his passion, I mean, it's there. He, he really oh, did care. This is Louis Antonelli, director of Paul Stanley, One Life Kiss. You are listening to Podkiss. This is one I, you, you guys glossed over it a bit um, at the time, but uh, the episode you did with J.R. Smalling and Mick Campisi, mm-hmm. uh, the one, what did you what did you honestly think of, of what Mick had to say in that interview? Or did, in my opinion, it seemed like his, his memory may have been a, a tad faulty on certain things. You, you know, it sounded like, you know, when you listen to that interview, it sounds like it's a very abrupt edit at the end. And mm-hmm. it's not. The way it played out in real life, you know, the way he was like, and then Gene said blah, 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 and Ken's like, well, we want to thank you for calling. Like, it really played out like that. There wasn't, you know, we weren't like, well, that's all the time we have. Shut the fuck up. Good night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really played out like that because of his availability and our availability. And he, I mean, he was super, everyone has been super nice, and he was super yeah. nice and everything. What do I think of some of the things he said? I, I mean, you know, it's like anything. Actually, I'll tell you what I think. The quote uh, that comes to mind is, in the Alive Forever book, the great um, 
compendium to all the live shows that they played up through, like, what, 2002, I think. The book begins with the phrase, believe everything, believe nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and unless I'm remembering it incorrectly, but I think that that's how the book begins. And I think with all of this KISS stuff, every interview we have, whether it's Ace Fraley or it's Mick Cantese or whomever, I think we have to believe everything and believe nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? right. Everybody's got their side to the story, and everybody right. remembers things differently. Oh, I just I had an idea, and this this wasn't even planned. Um, have you guys talked to Craig Gass about coming on the show to doing his Gene and Paul impression? Well, I think him and I would have to have a Gene off. That would be hilarious. You could have. Uh, I don't want to hear you. T- I don't ever want to hear you say a Gene off again. <laughs> <laughs> That's just. I'm good. <laughs> good on that one. We we would love to have him on the show. That would be a good show. That would be show. good. Um, but yeah, I don't have too much left because um, I know James has got to get going. But. Um, well, can, can I throw a few things in real quick? Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, we also want to thank our current webmaster, Roy Myers, uh, who tries to keep things running smooth and all that. And uh, there's been some other people behind the scenes that I'd like to thank. Uh, you know, so uh, some some I will just say, you know who you are, smile. And uh, it's been really neat because we get fans who know somebody and and they hook us up and that's how like we got Megan McCracken. You know, the, there are people out there uh like Roman, Andrew at the coffee house or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, Andrew, like that. exactly. But uh right. one of one of the things that's really cool is when you get like a letter from, you know, James Humphrey the guy in Seether or Joe mm-hmm. Casey who wrote the Kiss Marvel comic books and stuff like that. I mean, those guys have become part of the show, you know what I mean? And it's weird to see somebody that's like a celebrity in their field contacting us and saying, hey, I like what you guys do. It's it's kind of, uh, I mean, you just sit there and go, is this is this for real? And and you check it out, and sure as anything, it's it's them. So every time every time uh, Ben 10 comes on TV and I see it on Cartoon Network, I'm like, sweet, it's Joe Casey's show. You know, like mm-hmm. just little things like that make me smile, the kind of, um, or just, you know, like the other day I, I got a Facebook um, thing about uh, Victor Staben, the cover artist for Kiss Unmasked, mm-hmm. is having an art show. Uh, we should publicize, we'll publicize it in the show, but he's having a, a gallery opening in New York City, and I mean, I'm, I wish I could go. I'm on the other side of the country, but things like that blow me away that never would have happened before uh, podcast. So I'm super grateful to... Um, you know, to everyone who's on the phone right now, but also everyone who's listening. And, and it's we also uh, really important to thank all the listeners too. Um, very good. All, all the time, like, and uh, I'll be on Facebook or I'll just be doing whatever, and my little message thing will pop up, and it's it's just someone that listens to the show just saying what's up or when's the next show coming out or what's Kiss doing? You have any information? You know, and it's really nice to to know that we do this and it's not in vain that people like this and enjoy this as much as we enjoy doing it and that really makes it all worthwhile uh who was your favorite guest for like who are who are your top three favorite guests if you could pick one for whatever um, okay. reason number one has to be ace fraley okay just simply because it, it, it was ace and that was it was just incredible even though i didn't do the interview uh, another one of my favorites was actually uh, tommy thayer because that was the first time that we ever got any inkling of a new Kiss album. Yeah. Was Tommy came on our show and said, you know what, maybe. Yeah. And it came true. And that was when, uh, because I kind of heard that interview with everybody else. I, I didn't do the interview. So I recorded my part for the show and then waited anxiously for the interview to come out, you know, in the show. It was the first time I'd heard it. And when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was... uh that was really, really cool. 
another one that uh, that uh, I, I didn't do the interview, but I thought it was phenomenal, was uh, Lisa Jane Persky, who uh, was Dirty D and Kiss Me the Phantom. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I've got a to lot inter- of fun. I'm sorry, James, but I have to interject here. Ken, are you going to change your name to Chopper and run off with her? Because I sent some tension in that interview. It was more <laughs> than tension. She she's a flirt and she's fantastic, and mm-hmm. we're we're friends to this day. We we talk and stuff, so it's it's cool. She's she's awesome, and yes, I still have a crush on her. That is my absolute favorite podcast interview, and that's like that's nothing against Peter or Ace or anyone else. It's just. Like, she was so funny and so forthcoming and just, like, rolled with it, uh, really. You could tell she'd done her homework. She'd watched the movie recently, you know, so it, it went really smoothly. She was super cool. She She's very nice. She sat through that movie just for us, so God bless her. Right. Hi, everybody. This is Lisa Jane Persky, Dirty D from Kiss Meets the Phantom at the Park, and I'd like to say hi to everyone around the world in Australia, in Japan, in Malmo. Is anyone in Malmo? Um, and uh, I hope everybody's happy to listen to podcasts. Aside from uh, obviously Gene and Paul, who who's on your your wish list to get in the future? Anyone in Wicked Lester? I had um, some, some communication going on with uh, Gary Corbett that kind of fell apart. So Gary Corbett, if you're listening to this, I want to interview you. I, he was here. His, in that. Well, hook it up, Chris. Maybe I can. His role in the as kind of the fifth member of Kiss there for a while fascinates me. Yeah. So I would love to have Gary Corbett on the show. For me, it would be Eddie Kramer and or Bob Ezrin. And Bob Ezrin has been very close to we actually had it set up twice, and it just kind of things happen, you know. And uh, But it's always like, ah, no. And he also. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, I may have to work on getting some of these guys. <laughs> well, we deputize you right now. You are a podcast staffer. There you go. Well, you know what was cool was um, Todd Howarth. Uh, doing yes. a, like a song for us, like that. I mean, that blew was, my mind. He was really cool. He asked me um, a couple days before the interview. He asked me what my favorite comment song was, and I told him it was "Calling for You." And he, the next day, he said, sent me an email. It's it said, uh, "I want to do "Calling for You" for you. Do you want to? You want me to try to do it live on the show?" And I was like, "Well, can you record it?" Within like an hour or two, I had a, a acoustic version of "Calling for You" sitting in my inbox. Isn't that amazing? That is. To this day, it's still on my playlist, actually. I still have the MP3 he sent me, and I still listen to it. It's phenomenal. Amazing. Well, um, one last quick question, because I know, and this is not to isolate just one group of fans on the the Internet of you guys, but uh, where I found your show was through the uh, KISS FAQ forum. I don't call it KISS FAQ. I just can't. What is your opinion on the uh, the division between so many of the fans on that forum? I know that this could be a dissertation at this point. Just a quick summary of what, what, how you feel about such division in, in the uh, the fan base. Can I take this first? Sure. Okay. Go, I guess going full circle, right, back to being a Star Wars fan. The Star Wars Blu-rays just came out, right? And, you know, George Lucas can't release anything without, um, you know, tweaking Star Wars somehow. And it pissed a lot of people off or, you know, whatever. He's done that before. Um, and I had never bothered to go online and look at Star Wars forums before. 
like you know websites like Kiss FAQ, but the Star Wars equivalent. It is exactly the same game going on over there, albeit maybe a little more. I don't know, a little more even-handed, a little less uh, name-calling, maybe. But I mean, there is just such strong passion on on both sides of the divide. And I guess the only thing you could say is like everybody is is so in love with what they're in love with that it's hard for them to see outside of that. I would agree with that. Same on Star Trek boards, by the way. I imagine. And for me, boards. For me, the division is much smaller than I think most see it as because if you care enough about a specific topic like Kiss or Star Trek or Star Wars or sports or any number of things, the division is just in that you love it so much. There's a division of opinions, but the message is clear. They love the band, and they want what's best for the band. Whether or not they agree on what's best for the band, you know, that's up for them to decide. I think that the KISS Army is far more united on KISS FAQ than it appears at times. I will say this, though, I mean, and, and maybe I'm going to piss some people off, but... Um well, better to be pissed off than pissed off. <laughs> And, 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 and again, I'm, I'm sort of ripping this uh, straight from the, the Star Wars thing, which is that, you know, like there's, there's some people, no, I know. There's some people who, you know, haven't liked a, a single Star Wars thing since 1983, you know, when, when the original movies came out. And, and if you haven't, if you haven't liked anything Star Wars since, you know, since 1983, at, at some point, I mean, you know, are you, are you still really passionate about it? Or is it some, is, is, it, is it just something that you liked when you were a kid? And I guess sometimes I, I, I think about why we do this podcast. And it's not, that's not to say like if, if you don't like Star Wars, uh, that's not to say if you don't like Kiss past a certain year, don't listen to the show or you're not really a fan or anything. But, you know, I mean, we do this show to celebrate every aspect of Kiss, all the album covers and all the albums and every song and whatever else. I, I mean, I guess if you, if you only like up through Kiss a lot, or, or Destroyer or something, at some point, isn't it just something you liked as a kid? Or maybe just like those certain albums. Yeah, I don't know. To me, when I see a division on message boards or whatever, first of all, a lot of it's just posturing and a lot of it's politics. It might as well be Republicans and Democrats or whatever country you're in, whatever they have, Parliament or whatever. It's uh, People usually are just propping up their argument just to argue. Uh, I said this not too long ago that there are people who like to talk about KISS and there's people who like to argue KISS. I really don't see the benefit of arguing all that much, even though I'm guilty of getting in there and sparring a bit as well. But bottom line is is that if KISS is coming to town, you're going to see the people who maybe aren't necessarily you know, supporters of the new lineup. You know, nine times out of ten, they're going to show up anyway. So when it all is said and done, they're going to be at the next KISS show or at the expo or whatever. Eventually, you're going to see them. Yeah. We don't announce ourselves, right? Okay. Hey, thanks for coming to Blockbuster to pick up our new album. Now, here's a live, rare bonus track. Here's a live, rare rare bonus track. Yeah. Ready? Gene, you got the first one? Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming into Blockbusters. And here's a live, rare bonus track. Pick up our new album, Gene. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming into Blockbusters to pick up our new album. And a live, rare it's bonus track. Excuse me, Jim. Singular. What, what do you do with the hand with me? I'm giving you the thing like when I stop so that you oh, okay. can, So there's no yeah. thank you. You have to say something like, and here's. And, okay. And here's a, a live, rare bonus and track. And here's a live, rare bonus track. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming to Blockbuster to pick up our new album. And here's a live, rare bonus track. Good. Hey. Knock it out. Okay, now pronounce this name. Go pronounce this name. He is a live, real bonus track. <laughs>
should have did that. <laughs> just silly. Here's a live bonus track. And Luke's on it too. <laughs> but Ace is back in the New York crew! That'll pretty much put a bow on this, but uh, I want to put a personal note into you, to you three guys, and let you know that I want you guys to know that all the hard work you put into, and believe me, I know it's hard work now doing my own show, um, is highly appreciated. I'm trying to speak on behalf of all the people that listen to the show. You guys are a big reason why I got into this myself. So we're um, kind of like your heroes. Well, let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> You're influential. Let's say that. Would you like us to the sign wind, anything? The wind beneath your wings. <laughs> 
I want Can you we to complete you. Like, is it fair to say that we complete you? You had me at uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It means a lot to, to, to those of us that listen to it because, like, you've you've killed off so many hours of boredom um, at my job with the like. You know, those of us that are real diehard fans, we like all of the the minutia and stuff, and it's nice to hear something about Kiss where it's not just Kiss started in 1973. Blah 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 blah. The same thing you've heard all over again. On behalf of all your listeners, I want to thank you guys, and I hope it continues in the future. And um, the question that I, probably everybody that listens to your show wants to ask, what's next? More of the same. Listen um, and find out. We actually make this up as we go along. We do have some plans. We try to do things in advance as possible. It's, it's kind of like talking to uh, Bill O'Coin's partner, Roman. You know, now we're going to possibly talk to Kiss's lighting guy that went on the road with them. You know, where did that come from? Here it is. Boom. Take it. So... We run with it. I want I want everybody who's ever been part of history on the show. I want passionate fans on the show. I want people that work for the band. And it's it's amazing because we have been blessed because we've been sent things from people who they, they kind of give us their little parts of of history. You know, whether it be a guitar strap signing from somebody or or like Michael Doray. Uh, you know, oh, he, awesome. You guys want to tell him what he sent us, or should we not talk about it? I guess we can talk about it. We have signed prints of the Rock and Roll Over cover, like you know, sort of like test prints that that came out when the album came out. And and they and the, when it, the album came out, they sat down, Kiss and Michael Duray and everybody sat around, and passed these around and looked at them. And Michael Duray signed these, and these are from from back in the 70s. This isn't something that he just made for us. This is stuff from back in the 70s. And whoever would have thought that we'd have that? But it's it's stuff like that that it, it's just amazing. Yeah, that and and when uh, Bill Starkey said you know that we were the official the official podcast of the kiss army like like moments like that are pretty indescribable and i love radio i'm, I'm a big fan of radio not like rock and roll radio either i i'm talking about like do you remember rock radio. and roll radio i do remember rock and roll radio <laughs> okay. um i like talk radio i love listening to um radio shows and i love listening to radio drama and i love listening to like interviews and things like that and and um we really want as ken was saying we want to do every aspect of of this band and its history uh, in a radio format. But one thing that is a goal for me, um, w- whether it happens this coming year or, or whenever, is for uh, James and Ken and myself to meet in person at some point, which we have never done. Except and, the Kiss compound. Uh, right, except except that one time when we got the glove in the mail. Right. And had the, that the that did happen. Right. For us to meet maybe at a, at a convention or, or at some kind of event, if, if there ever really is a, a, a last Kiss concert, perish the thought, um, uh, you know, and do a show together in person. That would be awesome. That would be incredible. You could do a podcast. I hope uh, in, the near fu- in the near future, I hope that I'll be uh, a little more present and a little more available. That's, I think we'll see a little more of that coming up. Yeah, I've been wondering where the hell you were, James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, off living life, I guess. I don't know if you're going to do a solo show, you know. Well, the really weird thing, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this much, is that when Tony asked me to help out with the artwork, he didn't know that I had done radio before. And, and you know, the old joke, I have a face for radio. And once I, you know, I didn't really understand what they were doing. I didn't understand what James and Gary were doing. I listened to the first two episodes, and I'm like, oh, I can do this. And, and I think they were surprised to find out that... Uh, you know, I was able to do that stuff too. So no, it's, 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 it's just kind of worked great. out. 
it, it worked out really well. And, and uh, you know, I got to say, like, the, the, there have been so few, you know, negative moments. I mean, I, I do still feel bad that, that we did keep Ace on the phone for as long as we did, because I know I know people are, are upset about the fact that Gene and Paul were calling at the same time to try to you know, try to set up some kind of reunion thing with him. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and I do want to apologize for that to our listeners, because, you know, oh, well, these things happen. <laughs> That's great. Would you plug your show? Oh, my show is the uh, Decibel Geek Podcast, and uh, you can listen to that on uh, www.dbgeekshow.blogspot.com, and we're also available on iTunes, and uh, that's it. I did a lot of rock and metal talk, and I'm such a Kiss fan that I yeah, I did two, a two-part Vinnie Vincent special, but uh, Kiss, and I do stuff on other bands, but Kiss always comes up. That Kiss has been a part of every single episode I've done so far, so if you're a Kiss fan and you want another, you know, an extra podcast to listen to, uh, I'd very much appreciate you listening. Check out right. the Vinnie Vincent episodes in particular. I recommend right. them highly. As a matter of fact, I think we should rebrand those as podcast episodes and we take our vacation there. No, it's true. Chris, you're like, as far as being a Kiss fan, you're like Eddie Trunk, only not a... <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it there. I appreciate all of you coming on with me to do this. And also, as I said before, thank you for inviting me to be the interviewer for this. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the listeners of the show get a better glimpse of the things behind the scenes and uh, how the show came to be. I appreciate you letting me do this, and uh, hopefully I, we'll get to do some stuff in the future. And I, I want to have all of you on my show at some point, and we'll do a good top five list sometime. Cool. Oh, cool. Great. So this has basically been a dream come true for you. Absolutely, yeah, I can die now. I think you we want to try to sign anything? This is, like, this is on your bucket list. You can sign my podcast coffin. <laughs> Morbid. <laughs> I'm waiting for podcast condoms to come out also. Oh, I have those. Oh, do oh, you? Yeah, I did it with a Sharpie marker, but... You know. Well, did you did you apologize to the Sharpie marker after you did it? <laughs> do you realize people actually want to buy podcast shirts? Doesn't that blow your mind, guys? I'd like to We should on. do that. I'm screaming. Do that and pump <laughs> yeah. the money back into the show. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and say we shouldn't sell anything with the KISS logo on it. Well, we'll just modify Oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll yeah, refine modify, it. Take the KISS logo we'll refine it. it again. Do the German S's. We'll, 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 oh, refine right. it. Hey. we'll refine it so much that it won't be recognizable. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkist.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, Thank you for listening to Podcast, the Kiss fanzine for your ears. You're in charge. We're idiots. When you mm -hmm. watch Land of the Lost, does the name Sleestack offend you? Yeah, I was wondering that myself. I, I've been called that numerous times. So I've been called <laughs> most. <laughs> well. But it's it's pronounced Sinzak. Sinzak. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
Nice. I was just thinking that Gene should have a song called Sin Sack. <laughs> you know, like get, that be get, about get, his like, testicles? Yeah, or just, you know, get in my Sin Sack. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sin Sack, baby. I like it. In a very real way, podcast is like the prize inside the cereal. <laughs> I'm staring longingly at Captain Crunch. Thank you, man. He fights the soggy.